Well, hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Cody Lawrence, and this is Spare No Arrows. I want to do three things in this episode. One is to respond to some pushback that I received from two podcast episodes ago, the one about Eric Kahn and Paul David Tripp. The second thing I want to talk about is the recent Alistair Begg situation, um, where he uh, came out and said that it sometimes might be okay to attend a same-sex wedding and all of the, the pushback that he's received from that. And the third thing that I want to talk about is the vast importance of understanding uh, conscience and Christian liberty. So let's get into it. So Eric Kahn says, um, in, in, he shares this picture of Paul David Tripp, um, who, by the way, like I said in, in the pre previous episode, I'm not a big fan of Paul David Tripp. And I agree, actually, with the vast majority of things that Eric Kahn says, but more recently, uh, he has made a habit of posting these intentionally inflammatory uh, tweets. And so I made some comments about this tweet and how I disagree with it and how I think it makes us look bad. And I got a lot of pushback. So here's what his original tweet said. It said, John the Baptist did not dress in effeminate soft clothing. Such cannot be said about big evangelicalism's leaders. And so, um, in response to this, there were swaths, waves of uh, beady-eyed, pseudo-masculine, temperature IQ men who just want to go around calling things that they don't like gay, uh, probably in order to get other men's attention online to give them more followers. <laughs> and um, some of those people who go dumpster diving for bad ideas on Twitter, they find their way also into my comment section on Instagram and YouTube. And so after my episode kind of criticizing the, uh, the ridiculousness of this tweet, which I will go a little bit into uh, with some, some extra clarifications, uh, that should be helpful. A lot of those people, they, they want to defend the trash. They want, uh, th this is the hill that they're going to die on. Scarves are gay. Uh, you know, biblical ordinance straight from the mouth of God. Scarves are gay. Scarves are effeminate. If you, as a man, are doing something effeminate, then that means you're sinning. And so if you dare to wear a scarf, you're sinning. <laughs> I, I'm not sure it'll be helpful for those people. Um, because I'm sure they're just going to, if they ever stumble into this podcast episode, they're just going to call me gay like some kind of prepubescent middle schooler um, and then go on with their lives instead of making sense and putting forth the effort to knock two brain cells together to come up with a reasonable response using evidence and, you know, rationality. You know, things that, things that men do. Back in the old days in Greece, all the men, they would go to, uh, they would go to the the polis, and they would f have these philosophical discussions, and the men were strong, and they were manly, and uh, here we have, you know, a bunch of, like, overweight men on the internet uh, talking about how gay scarves are, you know, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> so, here are my clarifications. One, um, Eric is very, very clearly saying with this tweet that he made that if you are wearing anything softer than what John the Baptist wore, which was animal skins, then you are effeminate, right? And, and the assumption is you have bad theology like Big Eva because you don't wear uh, animal skins, right? Now, some people 
in my comment section decided to push back. And they said to me, you, you don't seriously believe that Eric Kahn believes that, do you? I know Eric doesn't actually believe this. I know Eric doesn't actually believe what he said in this tweet, even though it very clearly is implying that anybody who does not wear exclusively animal skins is effeminate and also has bad theology, because Eric Kahn probably has a closet full of soft cotton polyester blend clothing, right? In his profile picture, in fact, he's wearing a nice suit. He's got that haircut that literally everybody has uh, with the little combed over hair on the top and the tight sides. It's, it's hypocrisy is what I'm saying. And no, of course, I'm not saying that Eric Kahn actually believes that you're effeminate if you're uh, wearing soft clothing, but that's what he said. That's the problem. The problem is the inflammatory tweet throwing out these stupid ideas that there are actually people in the comments section that do agree with. And that is evidenced by the fact that, his, that this, uh, this feed on this Twitter post is absolutely full of inane comments actually saying that scarves and cardigans are a sin and that these people have uh, you know, slithered their way into my comment section as well. When I, I try to say like, hey, we, we ought to have this very basic sense of Christian liberty here and say that you know people who want to keep their necks warm uh, aren't being effeminate, right? That's ridiculous. I personally believe that he doesn't actually believe what he's saying. And, and in a lot of the other tweets that I shared too, um, he, he will respond to people's exceptions. And in one case, he, he responded to some woman um, saying like, okay, exception police, like really sarcastically calling her some kind of exception police because she's trying to, to ask him, do you really believe this? So he will make fun of people if, uh, if, if they point out an exception that he should have included in his original comment. Because he doesn't believe this and he says these things anyway, then that means what he's doing is lying. He is intentionally sharing something that he knows is not true, but can be contorted in some way to be true in order to get views online from other men that he can bump chests with, which actually kind of sounds effeminate to me, but you know, he, he has the Christian liberty to, to uh, bump chests and you know, seek attention from other men online. But I don't think he has the Christian liberty to intentionally deceive people. And it seems to me that that's what he's doing. That's not the kind of direction that we want Christianity to go. Uh, like there is an epidemic, I promise, I, I'm with you. There is an epidemic of soft men. We are terrorized by more soft men than we are hard men. We should punch towards the softness far more than we punch towards the hardness. However, we do need to punch towards the hardness when it's too hard. We need to punch towards the, uh, you know, the pseudo masculinity where like going around calling people gay, like middle schoolers, that's what a real Christian does. That sucks. You know, that's not, that, that's not the direction that we should be going. And so I see this. And also I think this is, this actually has a much deeper problem that I'm going to talk about in a second, but, uh, yeah, it's not good. So the, the other thing I wanted to kind of tie this into is, um, I want, I want us to consider about what happened in the year 2020 with the lockdowns. A lot of people 
inside the church, uh, you know, professing Christians, a lot of these people, I don't think they're, they're legitimately Christians, but a lot of professing Christians at the very least, and some, I think, deceived, um, uh, sincere Christians, they believed and even pushed on other people, tried to bind the consciences of other people that getting the jab is the way for you to love your neighbor. Getting the jab equals loving your neighbor. If you don't do this, you are not loving your neighbor and therefore you're in sin because God obviously tells us to love our neighbors. And if you're not loving your neighbor, you're sinning. And so by not getting the jab, you're sinning. In the same way, people would do this with churches. They would say, if a church stays open during these lockdowns, you obviously don't care about your neighbor. When in reality, leaving your church open was the way for you to care about your neighbor because, uh, and care about God, by the way, because God who wants us to worship him, would never want us to close our churches to stop worshiping him as a way to love him. That's idiotic. It doesn't make any sense. And I think the same kind of attitude that these leftist Christians had back in 2020 is the same kind of attitude that I'm seeing more and more in the evangelical world, or you know, at least it's coming out more. Uh, a lot of the people who maybe had their, their eyes opened in 2020, they're they're going like harder and harder in this direction. And they're getting to a point where they're saying, my way is the right way. Instead of allowing for a little bit of Christian liberty on some topics uh, where, you know, the Bible doesn't come down definitively. That's what I'm seeing when we do things like, you know, men can't wear scarves. Where exactly in the Bible does it say that a man is not allowed to wear a cardigan or is not allowed to wear polyester. You know, now this is a really stupid thing, like scarves, whatever, who cares? But the idea is that we can't just go around saying, you can't do this thing because I don't like it. And not only that, but people are saying, this thing is a sin because I don't like it. And so what is determining the righteousness of something is not the word of God. It's not God's commands. It's not anything that the Bible says. What determines the righteousness of a thing is my opinion. And so if I don't like cardigans, and cardigans, uh, therefore cardigans are gay, and therefore it's effeminate, and therefore you're sinning because the Bible says not to be effeminate. But who defines effeminacy? Well, I do. That's what these people think. And we have to be very, very careful to not do this. Uh, which brings me to my third point that I wanted to talk about, um, and probably the most controversial. Um, but, but just bear with me. I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't want to spend all my time defending people who say stupid things. Um, well, you know, like I was defending Paul David Tripp, who has said stupid things. I'm not defending Eric Kahn, who said a stupid thing. But I, I do kind of want us to give a second thought to Alistair Begg. And in a conversation like that just a few days ago, um, and uh, people may not like this answer, but I asked, the, I asked the grandmother, does your grandson understand your uh, belief in Jesus? Yes. Does your grandson understand that your belief in Jesus makes it such that you can't countenance uh, in any affirming way the choices that he has made in life? Yes. I said, well, then, okay, as long as he knows that, then I suggest that you do go to the ceremony, mm. and I suggest that you buy them a gift. Mm. 
Oh, she said, what? She was caught off guard. I said, well, here's the thing. You're not going to, your, your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence will simply reinforce the fact that they said these people are what I always thought, judgmental, critical, unprepared mm-hmm. to countenance anything. And it is a fancy, it is a fine line, isn't it? It really yeah. is. And people need to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. But I think we're going to take that risk. We're going to have to take that risk a lot more if we want to build bridges into the hearts and lives of those who don't understand Jesus and and don't understand that he is a king. I don't know a ton about Alistair Begg. I know the, the sermons that I have heard from him over the years, and he's been preaching for a long, long time have all, as far as I know, been pretty good. Uh, he seems to me to be one of those old guard, kind of conservative, stalwart guys who hasn't really shifted much. He spoke out against um, social justice when it happened. He is very clear on believing that homosexuality is a sin. Even in the clip that you heard, uh, Alistair Begg makes it very clear that we should not in any way affirm homosexuality. Now, when it comes right down to it, I think Alistair Begg was wrong. Just some qualifications here. We have to realize that homosexual weddings, they're not real weddings. They're not real marriages. And it is biblical to, under no circumstances, affirm any kind of sin. And homosexuality and homosexual unions is a sin to affirm that in any way. Can we say that under 100% of all situations that a Christian cannot set foot inside of a same-sex wedding? I would want to be, like, again, my response would be totally different than Alistair Begg's. I would, I would default to, no, you probably shouldn't go. It's not necessarily true that when you show up to a wedding that you are affirming, or, or you know, showing up to a fake wedding, let's say, <laughs> that you are affirming the wedding. Now, I think in 99% of situations, if you do attend a same-sex wedding, you're probably affirming it in some way, and that's bad. But I'm just saying that, that it, it seems possible that there is a way for you to attend a wedding and not affirm it. Now, the only, way, the only reason I say that is in this situation with Alistair Begg, something feels different about this that he's saying than the usual compromise that we hear from, say, progressive Christians. Progressive Christians have a very, uh, well, they don't believe in inerrancy. They don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. They think the Word of God is something that we can you know, mess around with uh, however we want to. They believe that homosexuality is not really a sin. Alistair Begg denies all that. He believes that the Bible is inerrant, that we need to stick with what the Bible says no matter what. He believes that homosexuality is a grievous sin. And he even says in the audio clip that we cannot affirm homosexuality. And so then when he follows it up by saying, uh, therefore, hey, you should go to this same-sex wedding, I think his conclusion is wrong, but I think his foundation is totally correct. And if a person's foundation is totally correct, but they get some of the, um, some of the things way up here out of balance a little bit, you know, we should still be willing to give these people a little bit of grace, I think. Um, 
if somebody totally flakes and compromises scripture like we saw a lot of people do starting around 2020, um, I think that's totally reasonable to throw them out. Like if somebody caves to wokeness and, and like, you know, blatantly ignores something that scripture very clearly says, like, yeah, throw them out, call them a false teacher, uh, you know, stop listening to them, whatever. But with someone like Alistair Begg, who see, you know, and I could be wrong. And so if you, if Alistair Begg kind of has a history of uh, compromising, you know, send it to me and I will correct myself. But in general, I think if somebody actually compromises scripture in some way, then I think that's reason to say that they're sinning and need to repent in some way. But, you know, I disagree with what Alistair Begg said. I think he's wrong to uh, encourage this woman to go to this wedding. But I'm not going to say that he should be fired from his radio show, which did happen, by the way. Uh, incidentally, the radio network that he was a part of, I forgot what the radio network's called, but it's, it's you know, like a big American Christian network. Because of all this pushback that they were receiving, they kicked him off of the radio show, you know, which is fine. But they have Tony Evans on their radio show. I'm sure they have a lot worse people than Alistair Begg. So what's the deal there, right? Uh, I think we ought to be willing to give Alistair Begg a little more grace, um, be willing to disagree with people insofar as someone like him maintains the the true inerrancy of scripture recognizes that homosexuality is a sin. Because in what he was saying in this audio clip, I felt no compromise with the sin of homosexuality at all. He came down hard and was saying like, we cannot affirm homosexuality in any way. All he was saying that I kind of disagree with is that attending a fake wedding affirms the wedding. You know, that's the thing that maybe he and I would disagree with. I think in the vast majority of cases, uh, like probably most of us believe, attending a, a wedding or a fake wedding somehow affirms the validity of that wedding. And Alistair Begg is just saying like, no, you can attend a wedding without affirming it. Uh, you, you can love these people. You can maintain your relationship with these people. You can give them a gift, whatever. Now, again, I'm, I'm not saying that I think that's okay generally. I'm, I'm saying it's not okay generally. <laughs> but I do see where Alistair's coming from. I think he's wrong. But I think this is one of those things that he can be wrong about where we can find some uh, Christian grace for him and just say like, yeah, I disagree with him on that, but I still think he's a good guy. There are so many people who are like, Alistair Begg, he's woke, he's not a good guy, he's trash, throw him out. People, I was listening to a podcast that I like where the host said like, uh, he should probably step down from being a pastor if he doesn't repent for this. Like that's, man, that's nuts, dude. Have some grace for people for Christ's sake. Golly, we have, whenever we do stuff like this, we have exactly the same attitude that the leftists had in 2020, saying you have to get vaccinated or you're not loving your neighbor. Even, even though I disagree with Alistair Begg on this, right? I'm willing to give him a little grace and I think everybody else should too in these situations because we shouldn't get ourselves in a situation where we become so sectarian that eventually nobody is with us in the end. In my church, Baptists and theological Baptists and theological Presbyterians uh, choose not to divide over communion and baptism. That's amazing. Like, th this Alistair Begg thing is a much less big deal than, I think, the topic of baptism. And if people, I think, rightfully so and biblically, 
uh, don't need to divide a church over baptism, then we certainly don't need to divide over something like this. As long, and again, let me clarify, as I'm probably going to get all kinds of pushback over this, but hey, that's okay, because I, for one, am okay with having conversations, and I'm not going to call you gay if I don't like what you say. All I'm saying is, give them a little more grace. We shouldn't be so sectarian as to like push everybody out if they ever say anything that we disagree with even one time. Because you're going to disagree with your favorite teacher if you haven't yet, eventually. And, you know, you're going to lose your favorite teacher. And then you're going to lose everybody else. You're going to lose your family, your friends. You're going to disagree with your pastor. Um, You know, even if you're not compromising on significant biblical issues, you could lose these people just over disagreements. And that that sucks. If you made it to the end of the episode... uh, Check me out on Instagram, follow me, and you can see all the angry comments that I got from that last post. (laughs) See ya.